Welcome everyone to another episode of 451 Degrees. Uh, this is the anti-censorship podcast uh, on the Unsafe Space Network. Uh, I wanted to, before we get started, I there is a book club on August 14th, 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 p.m. Eastern Time. And the, no, the book is not a novel, it's a nonfiction, Fossil Future by Alex Epstein. Uh, let's see, do, do, do. just wanted to make sure everything's up, <laughs> skip. Okay, there we go. Uh, all right, so I have a censorship quote for you and I'd be happy if someone could tell me in the comments or in chat uh, who it's by. Censorship is to art as lynching is to justice, which sounds like it came from a SAT exam question, but it's not. Uh, all right, so first let's talk about any banned friends or people of interest. Cecil Charles got banned on Twitter. You may have remembered him from from this show and from, uh, he was on Coffee Break. He was on um, Total Minority Report. He was banned from Twitter uh, for having multiple accounts to avoid a ban, which he claims he's doesn't have multiple accounts. Uh, you can check out um, what he has to say specifically about it because he uh, has a substack. It is cecilcharles.substack.com. So if you want to talk, if you want to see what he has to say about the whole thing, you can and, you know, support him despite his ban. I am quite upset that I'm not going to get to see his wonderful puns anymore because that was my favorite thing that he did on Twitter. Uh, also banned is British surgeon Tony Hinton on Twitter for COVID information they didn't like about pregnant women. Uh, in the past two weeks in censorship, the Oversight Project is suing the Biden administration for surveillance of people on social media through the DHS. Let's hope they win. Uh, there is a chilling effect for from surveillance of your content by the government, so that is censorship. Uh, the WEF wants the internet to have rules and standards, which is another way of saying they want censorship, punishment, and a homogenous quality that will ruin most of the internet for all of us. Uh, Reinfo COVID, a collection of medical health professionals in Canada, refused to take down a panel discussion video on child vaccination risks, as well they shouldn't. Uh, a Canadian university asked them to do it. Canadian academic Barbara Perry claimed that the concept of free speech is just a rallying call for the far right, uh, especially for the alt-right, because anything uncontrolled by, the, by a centralized collective is now far-right extremism. Governmental opposition to censorship in the UK is extremely low right now with only Kemi Badenoch standing up to it, but their online censorship bill is paused until they have a new PM chosen. Uh, I'm sure they're going to choose someone who will, you know, approve it. That's not going to be a big deal to them. Uh, Reddit has banned the word groomer uh, as being anti-LGBTQ+, of course, because that's what it means. It's It's that's like shouting retard in a crowded room and someone shouts back what 
uh, also banned from the uh, Reddit community r slash comic books was Ripiverse Comics. Not that Eric July needs that subreddit to be successful with Ripiverse Comics. Seems totally fine. Uh, <laughs> Senators Warren and Klobuchar have flipped their stance on censorship for uh, instances of big tech censoring abortion stories. But we know this isn't a principled stance since they will still support censorship in other instances. So it's, you know, it's no big deal. You know, <laughs> they say it, but we just get to call them a hypocrite for it. Uh, the Cuban government actually shut off the internet amid protests because they know it is a useful tool in organizing to hold the government accountable. Uh, Glad, that's G-L-A-A-D, CEO asks the government to violate the First Amendment because that's not there for any important reason at all. But now let's get into the main topic of big tech's collusion with the government, and not just our government, but any government, uh, for censorship. Uh, but also, very specifically, we're going to be talking about how the U.S. can't do this. So Alex Berenson, a journalist who was banned from Twitter for saying vaccines do not prevent transmission, which is a claim validated by the CDC, by the way, won his lawsuit against them and is against Twitter, to be uh, clear, and is back on Twitter. There was a little bit of a kerfuffle where he was off again and then back on again. So, uh <laughs> But he is, he is officially approved. But you know that Twitter is looking for any excuse it can find to get rid of him again. You know that's the case. The power to do it is implicit in censorship. Yes. <laughs> All right. So uh, after, so recently, uh, they banned, Twitter also banned epidemiologist Andrew Bostom, who has... He was banned last month. So he, it was a, I think it was June 16th, he was banned um, for statements Twitter didn't like. Uh, and he actually got the same lawyer that Berenson had, uh, James Lawrence III. And after Lawrence sent a strong letter to Twitter, Boston's account was reinstated on Thursday. So here's a couple of wins for uh, the people against censorship including against big tech. However, in despite those wins, and those, remember, those are U.S. court wins. Those are not, you know, in a European country or Canada. This is U.S. court system supporting these lawsuits. The U.N. is working with big tech to address speech they don't like and information that doesn't fit their narrative on the Internet. Don't use... The terms hate speech and disinformation, misinformation, or malinformation. Don't let them control the terms here because the the it's not misinformation. It's not hate speech. It's just speech they don't like and information that doesn't fit their narrative. From now on, don't let them take that power. The UN Secretary General Antonio Gutierrez went so far as to lump these terms uh, hate speech and misinformation, they're bullshit terms, uh, together with a new term we've heard recently in the gun control debates, rebranding words that upset them as weapons of war. Yeah, that's 
you're going to equate words to firearms and explosives. That seems smart. <laughs> that is true, turning of the on the screw. Uh, I like how the definition of malinformation is basically, it's true, but it makes us look bad. Definitely. That is definitely what's going on there with malinformation. Most of the information they don't like makes them look bad. That's the, the problem with anything that they try to censor. Uh, the, so they're trying, the goal is to, the UN's goal is to use big tech to control speech. And it's in conflict with the First Amendment in the U.S. And the Internet is a global market of ideas that we take part in in the U.S. So for example of First Amendment in action, two different court cases recently have found that public school districts, so that's the government, cannot punish students. So these are minors. So the, you know, cause these are like high school students for social media posts without violating the first amendment. See Mahoney area school district VBL and Cherry Creek school district VCG. So that's pretty in intense that they both court cases found for the students that the school can't punish them for using their freedom of speech on social media. Uh, but how does that, it's, how does that extend uh, to social media and big tech companies? This is where it gets a little bit more complicated. Uh, so Ron Paul has actually come out and said that he believes that the government was involved in the censorship of Alex Berenson on Twitter a year ago. The U.S. court system is coming down on the side of 1A when it is adequately argued that the government is colluding with big tech in violation of 1A. Uh, let me show you that. Sorry, it's I'm still getting used to how this works compared to uh, anything else. Okay, da, 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 da. there it is. And add stream. So the court has actually in the in this recent case granted discovery on the Biden big tech censorship collusion. This is great news. This is wonderful news. <laughs> Someone's being a jerk. Um, <laughs> besides Biden. <laughs> but yeah, so Here's the thing is that I love discovery. Discovery is such a wonderful word. It's such a wonderful thing to be happening. Uh, discovery means that they have to submit so much information to the court and the court gets to decide, you know, like what, uh, you know, we get to, it, the problem with them, they hate discovery. People who are doing something wrong hate discovery. And the reason why they hate discovery is because as it's entered into the court, it becomes public documents, which means you can look at them. It means I can look at them. Looks like anyone can look at them and prove it. This is one of the reasons why Elon Musk made a meme about the idea that Twitter was taking them to uh, court, taking him to court, because that he he wanted the bot information. They weren't willing to give it to him. He pulled out of the deal. They're suing him. He they go to court. He gets to see discovery because they have to prove. His claim is wrong. 
And that's the beautiful thing about discovery. And discovery in this case is great because really all they actually have to do is prove that the Biden administration said something, said anything, anybody among the Biden administration, like said it on TV, said it in a memo. It doesn't fucking matter. It could already be public record. Uh, they All they had to do was say they wanted certain people to be censored. And if that is true, if you can prove it, which they probably already can, because we know of many cases that already of them asking big tech to censor, that is considered collusion in this regard. And I'll explain why. Uh, so, Norward v. Harrison from 1973. The government may no, not induce, encourage, or promote private persons to accomplish what it is constitutionally forbidden to accomplish. That means that they cannot outsource anything that they couldn't already do to a private entity. So, and, and it, they really put a lot of words in there. They're like, induce, encourage, or promote uh, any of those. Uh, this is like considered a state actor kind of doctrine. So any amount of outsourcing of state action, even though, even through like verbal calls to do so, based on the power of government positions over private entities, because remember, they have power over every private entity, makes those private entities state actors if they then do it and beholden to all the same restrictions as the government. So that means if Facebook, if Twitter or YouTube, anyone, if any social media censored someone because Biden or his press secretary at the time or, you know, a memo said, hey, uh, we want you to censor these people. These, or, hey, it would be nice if you would stop the spread of misinformation coming from these 12 specific people that is encouraging censorship, which is something, according to the First Amendment, that the government cannot then do. So they are responsible. This is about respecting the spirit of the Constitution over just the letter of it. The Constitution would mean nothing if the state could just outsource their violations of it. So when anyone argues with you, which I know we all did in the arguments on the internet, that it that what matters is who's doing the censorship, uh, so that makes it okay if it's not the government, understand that the court has already decided that this is not true. Not only is it not true, it is argumentatively pointless because what is the point of any restriction on the government if they can just outsource violating it? It makes no sense. There's no reason why we should let them be able to do that. You know, it's, it's about spirit of the law. You cannot let them just outsource whatever they are going to do because then it doesn't matter. We shouldn't have, if, if they could just tell us that they're going to, you know, tell other people to, you know, violate all our rights, then we don't have any rights. There shouldn't be a constitution at that point. 
And this is a serious issue with how the government is behaving lately, is that they are just outsourcing it. So the fact that the U.S. is part of the U.N. who wants this, who, who want these restrictions, is a problem because it is a direct violation of our First Amendment rights. So if the U.N. really forces this to the big to big tech and the U.S. government doesn't fight fight it or leave the U.N. or uh, vote against it, if they vote for it, especially uh, or they show that they support it, we have a problem. I mean, we all know we already have a problem, but they don't care about the First Amendment. We could sue them over this if they decide to go with the U.N. on this because it is absolutely a violation of the First Amendment. And just because it's outsourced to big tech does not mean it's acceptable, that it's ethical, that it's not a violation of our constitutional rights. Uh, Trying to see if there's anything really big on that. You guys got any uh, questions on that? I did see that AOC faked her own arrest. I thought that was hilarious. The smug like smile on her face during it is just it's just like ugh. <laughs> she's such a narcissist uh malicious information yes it, that's what they're trying to play off of uh lettuce i i agree with you there yeah because malin what lettuce says is Malinformation is effective labeling because of its similarity to malicious information, not just the root meaning is uh, seem to have bad information. Yes, uh, they're basically playing off of that. I agree with you there. Yes. Uh, it's rather interesting that the court allowed the discovery. It brings a little ray of hope, but I hope it's not false hope. Well, they they already uh, sided with Alex Berenson for the Twitter ban, so I'm I'm I'll be I'll be honest. I'm actually uh, on the side of the courts. I feel like the courts are mostly going to be on our side when it comes to constitutional rights lately, um, which I think is good news. Now. Um, some people argue that's not true because they've thrown some cases out and some cases are not well argued is the, is the problem I see is that when I see some censorship cases go to court and they get thrown out for like lack of standing or whatever, they're not argued well. Some of them, they're argued very poorly. Um, they, they bring in some ideological ideas and instead of case law and reasoned argument uh, and precedent. And I, it kind of bothers me because I'm like, you're, you're, you're blackpilling more people by failing in how you present these cases. And you're also muddying the waters over what the real issues are here. Um, it, it always comes down to constitutionally the first amendment, like every time, uh, that's what it should come down to every time. Uh, and that's why those two cases for those high school students actually worked out because they have more say, like they, high schools, you know, public schools have so much control over children, over minors and what they can and cannot do that usually they're given so much free reign because of the in loco parentis, which I do not agree with, by the way. Uh, I think it's wrong, but they, they're given so much leeway on that, that I was kind of surprised that they, 
that they even upheld it for them. I suppose like because they didn't post that those social media posts during school. Uh, <laughs> even if they post about school, because one of the cases was a cheerleader. And at one point, she one of the things she said was, fuck school, fuck cheer, I think. And they punished her for that. And it's like, it sounded like she was just having a frustrated, frustrating day. And it's like, she's allowed to post what she wants on social media. Okay. It's not that big a deal. And uh, same thing to the other student who made a, um, a Nazi joke. Uh, it was not that big a deal. And they, they suspended the, the other kid, not the cheerleader, but the other kid the, who made the Nazi joke for like a year. It was ridiculous. It was um, certainly too harsh of a punishment for what he did in the first place, let alone that they should have punished him at all. Um. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's next? They're going to start arresting people for scratching their ass in public who god they are they it sounds it sounds silly but i'm gonna compare it to futurama for a moment um do you guys ever did you ever see any of the santa claus episodes the santa bot like punished everybody for every little infraction like someone scratched his nose and he's like i saw that like everyone was always naughty. Like that's how he saw everyone, and he killed everyone he he could get his hands on. Um, it feels like that because there's something Gad said brings up in his book, The Parasitic Mind, where he talks about the um, the way if you punish people, if you you go out and f your point is to find enemies, if you find all your enemies, you will expand uh, who you consider an enemy again and again. And again, so you can keep finding enemies. It never ends. That's why things like the Spanish Inquisition, McCarthyism, why witch hunts, why they expand and expand and expand is because if your purpose is to literally find enemies, you will continue to find enemies until everyone you find is an enemy. And that's why it's so dangerous uh, to think that way. Like you cannot be on the lookout for enemies. There needs to be a kind of a trust but verify attitude. There are certain areas you can go, this place is suspect. Um, I suspect that most of the people in this demographic are probably going to be not good people. Uh, demographics like politicians per se. Um, but maybe you'll be pleasantly surprised a rare amount of times. But yeah, there is a serious issue here where uh, and especially when it comes to the, you know, speech they don't like, that that keeps expanding. Uh, it, it's like, honestly, hate speech was always a wedge to open the door, like to crack it open to get to narrative control. It was always that. I'm, I know I'm, I know that sounds conspiratorial, but I'm pretty sure that was the plan the whole time was to get more control over everything. So um, that's everything I wanted to say about this recent big tech collusion and uh, what we need to be worried about from the UN specifically and our place in the UN as US citizens, uh, along with how big tech has been working with the government for a while now. Uh, even if we don't see anything, by the way, that says, hey, we won't, uh, you know, punish you if you kick these 12 people off your platform, it's already good to say that they have colluded. 
it's already there based on the Norwood, Norwood v. Harrison case. They, they've already taken responsibility for the fact that they asked them to censor. Totally cool. <laughs> we got like, to me, I'm sort of like, if, if the court doesn't find that they are responsible, we have a problem. We have, a, we're way past uh, the point where we can trust the court system at that point. Uh, anyway, uh, thank you guys so much. Um, the big tech alternative that I am a fan of right now for discord is elements. Uh, it's not like it, it's, it doesn't have an audience yet because discord is the big guys, but I, I think it works out really well. I, I like its functionalities, honestly, uh, it's functions. I don't think functionalities is a word. Um, <laughs> so, uh, if you, if you have any um, alternatives you prefer, please let me know. Uh, so the rest of the shows for the week, tomorrow is Rebel Civics at 9 a.m. Pacific time or 12 p.m. Eastern time. Dangerous Thoughts is at 5 p.m. Pacific time or 8 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, Dangerous Thoughts is gonna be partially about the Indiana Mall shooting, so that's gonna be kind of interesting. Uh, Thursday, we have Token Minority Report with me and Beverly, 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, it's Beverly's birthday bash. I have to watch an awful movie for prep. <laughs> I still haven't watched it. I know a lot of you guys watched it uh, over the weekend. Um, and then on Monday, we have Narrative Dissonance at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time. If you could like, walk your fingers over to that like, share, and subscribe bar buttons, we would really appreciate it because uh, we're it, discoverability has been getting harder on YouTube. Uh, so any like, I I literally just spent so much time working for my own channel on that. So <laughs> it is actually incredibly helpful when you guys share its content um, here and elsewhere. We appreciate it a lot. And we really appreciate the fact that you guys have um, showed up for today's live, you know, for today's live stream and listened to me bitch about censorship for half an hour. It was really, really awesome of you. And I will see you next time. Thanks for sticking around until the end. If you're new to Unsafe Space, check out our deep content library that includes discussions with everyone from James Lindsay to Brett Weinstein. And please consider helping to fund our work by visiting unsafespace.com donate. You can find us on a variety of social media platforms, and you can find a community of like-minded individuals on our Unsafe Space Discord server which is open to financial supporters at any level. We hope to see you there. Warning, this is an unsafe space. Dangerous ideas have been detected. The content of this production is known by the state of California to cause unregulated ideation that may be harmful to bureaucrats. Association with the following individuals, or tacos is strictly prohibited. Apropos of nothing, 
I was just wondering how would you feel about another pandemic? Your president is in full control of his mental faculties. If you think about it, no one should be allowed to express opinions. But don't. Think about it, I mean. That's not your job. Thinking has been scientifically proven to be less efficient than compliance. Science, scientific, and scientifically are registered trademarks of the World Economic Forum. Unauthorized use is prohibited. Computer voice courtesy. Never mind, that last line is fake news. Please disregard it and return to your safe space immediately. There will be cake.